You're listening to episode 60 of the National Centre for Writing podcast. Every week we tell stories about writers and discuss writing techniques and books. It's the 6th of September 2019 here at Dragon Hall in Norwich as we're recording today's episode. I'm Steph McKenna, Communications Manager, and I'm joined by Simon Jones, Digital Marketing Manager. Hello. So before we get into today's main conversation, um, we took a little trip to Prima Donna last weekend. We did. It feels like a very long time ago now. It does. It really does. It's not even a week yet. So this was a new literature festival taking place in Suffolk at the weekend, and the approach was very much trying to make it the the literature festival that the organisers have always wanted. So it was set in these amazing grounds, and they had multiple stages, and lots of people were camping there, so they were there for the whole weekend. Mm. Um, very much a focus on women writers and the issues facing women writers. And yeah. It was a lovely atmosphere and a packed schedule. You, know, you couldn't see everything that was going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, it really was a busy, busy schedule, and it was a dream lineup for a for a festival that's only just started out. It had some really fantastic, fascinating speakers. Yeah, I mean, this, this has been organised by some pretty big hitters in the mm. publishing industry. Mm. You could tell it had been put together by people who attend a lot of festivals yes. and have been making notes at every single yes. one they go to and thinking, should be like this. Yeah, should be what like works, this. what doesn't. Um, yeah, less about sort of, I don't know, you know, writers at lecterns, more <laughs> about sort of free moving conversation. I think there was some really topical discussions on everything from sort of men writing women characters to kind of uh, like women in football. There were all kinds of, I watched a, a, a film, a short film about sort of female musicians, like female punks in the 70s, which was really, really interesting. And um, it was just, yeah, it was just a really, we were only there for the day, weren't we? So we didn't stay the whole weekend, although some of our colleagues did. Yes, and it was, it was a lovely, inclusive atmosphere and very family friendly. There was a strand of programming that was entirely focused on children yes, for the entire I weekend. Yes, I particularly enjoyed the lady dressed as a banana who was singing banana-themed songs. I yes, thought that was yeah, important just, information about plums. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. It was really funny, actually. It was great. But, um, we had a very National Centre for Writing uh, morning, didn't we, on the Saturday. So uh, we, myself, Simon and our colleague Laura uh, went along to Prima Donna A to check out the atmosphere um, and the events, but also we did a few sessions uh, and events ourselves. So I began uh, with my friend April and we we did a session on how to start a podcast, actually. So a sort of beginner's guide to how to start a podcast from scratch. And we were drawing on, uh, I was drawing on my experiences here with you on the National Centre for Writing podcast. And we were also talking about The Thirst, which is a pop culture podcast that I do outside of work. Um, and I was really pleased with the number of people who attended at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. That was really uh, I really appreciated that, yeah. actually. I think one of the benefits of it being a campsite mm. and the fact that people were there for the duration, it meant that they could pack the days out yeah. and they knew that first thing in the morning there would be people there. Yeah, who's going to sleep in when you're yeah, camping? Exactly. Honestly, I can barely sleep anyway. Yeah. But, um, and that was followed up by Laura. Yeah, so Laura did a session on sort of writer resilience. Um, she was talking about her experiences as a writer and also as someone who works on the programming at the National Centre for Writing. Again, that was really packed out and there were lots of questions from writers and also a lot of discussion between the audience and Laura as the speaker as they sort of shared ideas and offered advice to each other, which I thought was really lovely. Yeah, it was kind of this big group session where everyone shared their particular anxieties yeah. and worries about writing. And you know, I think lots of stuff that all writers will be familiar with and mm. will have encountered at some point whether it's 
the struggle to find time to actually do yeah. the writing in the first place or worries about uh, your writing ability and confidence mm. and knowing what to do and when to do it and and kind of just having that courage to keep going. Absolutely. I think it really helps to have like almost your peers, you know, share their experiences with you because then you know you're you're not alone. I think I spoke to one lady who was talking about the fact that she, you know, as a writer feels quite isolated and is actually trying to seek out, you know, more events and opportunities to kind of meet other writers like her and sort of build a community. So I think Prima Donna was a really good, yeah, good opportunity for that. Yeah, I think some writers really embrace that kind of solo aspect mm. of writing and enjoy you know being there's able nothing to do wrong it with that either yeah it's a completely valid way to do it but then you also have people who you know want to connect with other people and mm. a lot of what we do here is about creating that sense of community mm. so that writers know they're not on their own mm. and you know their project might just be them working on mm. it but mm. writing as a whole there's people all over the place doing it in all sorts of different ways all mm. sorts of different genres and forms and prima donna did a great job at bringing all those people together yeah and reminding everyone that there's always support mm. and help. And yeah, Laura did a really good job of kind of examining the issues that writers have and not always giving answers and yeah. solutions because it's not quite that simple. No. And, and then, in your event. Yes. Then we had a, there was a really interesting publishing discussion where uh, it kind of crossed all sorts of different ways of publishing. So there are people from Hachette and HarperCollins talking about the traditional end and what they look for in books and how they find writers. Uh, there was somebody who had traditionally been published and was now self-publishing. And then I was there talking about the the way I publish my work, which is very much online and in a more kind of social serialized manner. And yeah, but that again had a great audience full of questions for everyone. Mm. Um, and just lots of interest in the different ways you can get your writing out there these yeah. days. Nice to know that there's lots of options. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had a great time and we hope it happens again because we'll definitely be back. Yes. Yeah. We're going to keep pestering them until they do it again, basically. Yeah. And make sure you follow Prima Donna on their social channels because I'm sure they'll be giving updates. There's still lots of photos and videos and bits and pieces being uploaded from the event that are really interesting. So check that out. Yeah, so on the podcast today, we are going back to bookshops. A couple of episodes ago, we were talking about bookshops in Edinburgh. And today we're talking with Leanne, who just set up her new bookshop here in Norwich. It's called Book Bugs and Dragon Tales. I love that name. Yes. It's so good. It is good. It sounds like a Disney film. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it does perfectly describe the bookshop. Yeah, it does. So this is very much a children's and young people focused bookshop. Um, it mixes a cafe with different levels. It kind of goes underground. And mm. as you go through the bookshop, you discover all these amazing books and places. And it's very cozy. And mm. it, it, it kind of encourages people to sit down and read. And, you know, it's not just about selling books. And in the interview, I talked to her about how they balance the need to sell books because mm -hmm. they are a bookshop with, with all the kind of community aspects that they're trying to do, um, as well as the challenges of setting up a bookshop now mm. and the, the business challenges and that kind of thing and how they went about trying to make their bookshop unique it's a really fun optimistic interview um leanne talks about how it's you know a strange time to be starting a business at the yeah. moment in yeah. the uk i can imagine that yeah. yes but how that almost makes it more important 
Leanne and her husband Dan have been blogging about the process of setting up a bookshop. So if you're interested in, in more of the nitty gritty of that, then do check out their website. There's some really interesting stuff on there. Uh, but anyway, let's get into the interview. So here's me talking with Leanne uh, last week. It's um, quite quiet back here now, but we yeah, have had so a... so busy though. It's lovely. It's great. Absolutely wonderful. Anyway, you've been open a week and a bit? Ten days. Is that right? Ten days, wow. <laughs> yeah, ten days old. Brilliant. Have you had a proper look around? I had a wander around, yeah, about a week ago when I just popped in yeah. and there were sort of boxes out still yeah. and oh, everything we was kind of open, upside down we? slightly. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, let me give you the proper tour. Yeah, let's, let's have a walk around. Want. Um, so obviously the front room is um, mostly coffee, cake, brownies, cards, wrap and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and it's where we put the books we love selection as yeah. well. So the books we love are about positivity, diversity and inclusivity, because that's sort of our watchword, mm -hmm. is promoting inclusivity, diversity and learning through play, because we want, and, and our other one is uh, where books live, because we want them to really come alive in this space. Um, so yeah, there's a lot about um, the environment, the world we live in, coping with feelings and mm -hmm. things like that. So we, we're kind of very keyed up to that. Yeah. We also have um, a local author section in the front where we try oh, and brilliant. showcase things that local authors have written. Yeah. I think what's amazing is that right off the bat, rather than you know, not just a shop, you've got this whole community aspect yeah. that seems wrapped like up it. in everything. Yeah. yeah, which is what we wanted <laughs> because it feels like my living, it feels like my mm -hmm. house. And um, we encourage people to come in, spend time with us. And um, there are so many brilliant independent bookshops in Norwich, in the whole country, yeah. um, but in Norwich particularly, we've got four independent bookshops in Norwich, yeah. but every single one of them offers something unique. Mm -hmm. So we're able to kind of all help and support one another because um, so our focus is children and events mm -hmm. so it doesn't really you know uh, one thing that's really surprised me is how supportive independent bookshops are of one another yes yeah and it it's is not necessarily direct competition it's absolutely you're all not there for the same there's, reason, there's yeah. room for all of us and um, even on, in a wider s scale so when we were setting up um, we were mentored by um, Andy Rossiter, who runs Rossiter Books. Right. And um, he's the vice president of the BA, the Booksellers Association. And so he was a huge, huge support. He mentored us through, talked us through. He kind of gave us loads of brilliant guidance. Um, also, um, we've been helped through, Marilyn at the Norfolk Children's Book Centre has been incredibly supportive mm -hmm. as well. And we've. It isn't roses. I am in a constant state of terror right now <laughs> because I worked in a job that I, not to be conceited, but I was very good at for 17 years and it came very easily to me. And you know, and this, uh, yeah. I've never done this before. No. I know in my heart it's what I want to do, but you know, there's something secure about the job I had. Yeah. And then to do this and borrow money and open in a, Brexit, oh my goodness, Handmaid's Tale type world we're living in currently. <laughs> um, it's a huge risk, but yeah. actually it's a risk we absolutely believe in. Well, that's when books are most needed as well, isn't it? It is, it is. But yeah, I was going to ask, because you know, the narrative that we always hear is that it's really difficult for bookshops and bookshops are closing everywhere and it's all doom and gloom. But as you say, I mean, knowledge is full of amazing bookshops and you've started a new one. Um, what, like, what drove, how long have you wanted to have a bookshop? So and it was our retirement plan. Right. As you, I, 
I mean, this is a podcast, so you can't say I'm incredibly young. <laughs> but it was our retirement plan. It was the thing we always talked about. Mm. One day it would be lovely to, one day it would be lovely to. And um, then it became our five to seven year plan. And then at Christmas, we went out and we were chatting to someone. It always comes up. We're going to open this bookshop. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. And the girl said to us, oh, that's amazing. When? And we said, oh, five to seven years. And she said, why? <laughs> and we didn't have an answer to the why. Yep. And we came home and we said, we can't answer the why. And if we can't answer the why, then now is the answer, yeah. isn't it? You just need someone you know, to point that out yeah. to you. And yeah. so from December, pretty much, we started looking into the realities of it mm -hmm. and whether we'd be able to do it. And here we are in August. But in terms of um, more um, the, the independent bookshops things um, closing, um, in the last two years, more independent bookshops have opened than closed. Mm. So it is one of those really heartening ideas. And I think people are going back to that traditional you know, idea of coming and browsing because an independent bookshop offers so much more than an algorithm can. Yeah. An algorithm can't tell you, oh, here's another lovely book along a similar theme, or here's an author that sounds like you might enjoy. It can't do that. Yeah. I think people recognise the difference of the two systems and how yeah. They're good for slightly different things, and you know, for a long time it was all about going online and doing digital, and making it super easy. And now that kind of more curated, personalised touch, people are remembering how nice that used to be, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, where, where does that? Where's that gone? Where, how can we get that back?" Yeah, and and people are particularly um, in terms of people having children now. I remember with my own children. It was all about reading. I mean, my youngest is 14 now, so, but it was still about the importance of reading to them. And Scholastic um, did a really brilliant um, survey about encouraging enjoyment in reading and things. And, you know, if it, it makes sense, but if a child is read to before they can read, they, it, it mirrors, you know, it maps out those, those mm -hmm. ideas that reading for pleasure can be effective and um, you know and the same with choice we really push choice so often um, you know we're about hands-on being hands-on so the, the, the children and the babies come in we say sit in a chair read a chapter you wouldn't buy a pair of trousers without trying them on first so why would you read mm -hmm. three sentences and decide if that's the book you're going to take home it makes no sense so we've got chairs and beanbags and things to yeah. encourage people to yeah, kind of grown-up chairs and tiny chairs grown-up chairs and tiny chairs and then we've got huge beanbags downstairs to encourage yeah. the teen floppers <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Because teens are, um, are, we're really kind of focused on that because I taught um, post-16. Okay. And so um, we really want to get, there's, there's evidence to show a drop-off in teenage readership. Mm. Um, because the more they get involved in smartphones and yes. things like that, the more they prioritise that over reading. Yeah. And we're not, as a, as a company, as a whatever we are as a bookshop, we're not anti-technology, we're very pro-technology. So you'll see that we have Wi-Fi access here, we have all of those things. We're very active on social media and we love it. We love games on mm. phones and things like that. And there is absolutely a place for both to coexist. Yeah, it's the kind of settling down we were just talking yeah. about in terms of how people buy books as well, where yeah. you know, it all kind of skewed in one direction yeah. for five years and now it's sort of balanced out. Yeah, and I think as parents, we're learning how the two things can coexist. Yes. So, and I don't think we're there yet, but I think 
in terms of like technology, my children are amazing at technology mm. because they grew up with it. And so instead of me trying to open a bookshop to fight the fact that people are on smartphones, why don't we encourage them to uh, take a picture of them holding their favourite book, um, hashtag bookbugs, put it on Instagram. Like, you can do both. Yeah. There's so many ideas bubbling around. I mean, you said you were terrified at the moment, but that seems to be counterpointed by excitement as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm riding on adrenaline at the moment, so which is brilliant. But we, I mean, if you've read our blog, you'll see our latest blog post is about how we had a couple of fine days. They were fine, but they were frightening given the mm. first, you know, the initial flurry and the people through the door. So they were scary because they were what most days are going to be like. Yes. And we're very small picture. We're 10 days. Whereas the bigger picture is harder to see right now. But I think we are starting to kind of get there and get known and things. So You mentioned how <laughs> when you walk in the door, you've got the kind of mini cafe bit mm. and the displays out the front. And I think the thing that surprised me when I first came here is that from the outside, it sort of looks like that's it. Yeah. And then you walk in and you discover that it keeps going and going and brilliant. going. <laughs> Isn't it brilliant? It's, it's like a TARDIS. So you come in and it, I think previously it may, it may have only been the front part. Um, right, when it was a, okay. a different shop, yes. I think it was a restaurant at one point, mm -hmm. and um, so, but yeah, you come back here and then we've got all of our picture books, classics, ref children's reference, early readers and chapter books are back here, and obviously all of our characters on the wall, you can see like the little dragon, that's yes. our baby room, so the baby dragon's popping out there, we've got a 3D model going in our basement window. Nice. So um, Who did the illustrations? Um, it's an, a friend and a local artist called Greg Lindsay Smith, mm -hmm. so he's um, still very much involved in the shop and um, he's always popping in and just uh, hanging around having a coffee, <laughs> and then he'll just, oh I'll just touch this up for you, yeah, I'll just, just do just this. This bit. Yeah. yeah, which is that we've been, we say this is the bookshop that friends and family built mm -hmm. because we've had so much support. So, like, a friend built our counter. Every single person, when we got the place, it was covered in wallpaper because it was a furniture shop. Right. And every single person who came in said, hello, picked up a scraper. We, it's gone we, on with it. Yeah. yeah, we had managed to clear this in a week. I mean, we've got five children who have been so incredibly supportive mm -hmm. throughout the whole process and they've just got on with it and we make them work as well. But everyone's receiving it really well because they get it. Yes. And it's quite relaxing for the parents um, because obviously we're, you know, we're, we're very parental friendly, breastfeeding is positively encouraged. So we've yeah. got um, people who've got babies that they're nursing along with um, the toddlers who are just playing and that's quite, our baby boardroom is quite separate. And yeah. we've got changing facilities and things in there as well, so. Yeah, and all, all the zones are quite mm. compartmentalised, so depending yeah. on the age of your child, yeah. you can kind of let them roam about in that yeah, area without having to think about it. Again, it's deliberate because um, what a teen or a young, an early reader wants from the books is very different to mm. what the babies want. So that, generally people have been meeting here, um, parent groups and things, they've been meeting mm. here, they've been having a coffee, their kids have been having a play, they've been having a read, they've been having a look at things and then, you know, they're, and they're quite self-contained in there. And we have this buggy park, which is <laughs> inexplicably the most, one of the biggest things that people love yeah. is this buggy park because I suppose, I haven't really considered it, but in most shops you walk around with your baby in the buggy, whereas here yeah. we're like, no, get them out. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I remember when my son was young enough to be in a buggy stool, and there's always that slight stress when you go in a shop or a restaurant or a cafe or whatever. You're kind of like, where am I going to park this? Where am I going to put it? Am I going to annoy everyone? And yeah. so having it just taken care of, it's lovely. And I had twins, so I was <laughs> I didn't even fit down those yeah. dials. So um, yeah, we really like that as well. It means we get to hold babies, mm -hmm. which we love. <laughs> so yeah, that's been quite a hit. There's, there's so much you can sort of do here and you've got the cafe and you've got all the, the comfort and what have you like how 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 do you balance that with the need to sell books i think if you if you create the right environment um we're not looking to sell one book one day yeah. we're here for the long term we're looking at the bigger picture so it means that Maybe someone will come in, buy a carton of juice, bring their own book in and sit and read. Mm -hmm. But when they finish that book, where are they going to come to buy the next one? Yeah. And so what we're, we want to be a location, we want to build up a loyal group of people who feel like this is a second home almost. And I think you can play, there's not much margin in books. I'm sure writing them, <laughs> mm -hmm. illustrating them, certainly not selling them. Yeah. Um, particularly children's books because most of them retail for under £10. So, you know, we're not talking mega bucks mm. here. Um, so instead of, of that quick fix, make the money, we're, we're trying to build up a community yeah. of people who will choose to come here, park the buggy up, gone and met a friend in there. Yeah. And, and so far people have got it because we, we're trying to be, we're not a library, we need to sell books. That's our business. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not rows and rows and rows of books that are overwhelming. And so you've got the choice. Mm -hmm. So I think, and, and everyone's got it. Everyone gets it that, okay, I can play with the books. I can touch the books. I can choose which one I want. And then the vast majority of people leave with a book. Yeah. I mean, how much was that was like by design? Well, well in our in our minds, in our yeah. business plan, in all of the boring stuff before we opened the door, it was always about being a location that people chose to come to. Mm. And I taught acting and performing arts. Um, Dan, my husband, is part of the common lot. We're both very theatrical. We're both very creative. We both. I mean, I'm chatting quite a lot. You can understand <laughs> that. You know, we're both really enthusiastic about what we do. And it's not hard to make friends when you genuinely, um, you know, are mm. interested in people. So when they come in once, they they might come in once and have a look, but then we will try and take time to kind of speak to them and say, you know, what are you into? And not in the hard sell way, you know, yeah. we are genuinely interested Actually in Actually interested, you. yeah. And yeah, it's pretty obvious if someone's faking it really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. no. and, and we've got amazing staff. That makes a difference mm -hmm. as well because both of the members of staff who we have work in the arts or creatively. Right. Um, and so they're just really, oh, in our heads, this is what we hoped it would be. And that's difficult, like you say, to make that translate into reality. Yeah. So this is our Gaspard. Yeah, just looking at him. On our opening day, loads of um, lovely illustrators and authors came in. So Joyce Dunbar was here with John Shelley and right. Carl Newson and, and Matt Robertson's popped in and all of these incredible mm. illustrators who are local-ish to us. So we're really fortunate. And Dan has been on Twitter talking to... Um, James Mayhew, um, and because we love Gaspard the Fox, and um, so we're hoping that they might 
put us on the, the Gaspard the Fox tour with Zeb Stones. Mm -hmm. And then he just popped in a couple of days ago and we were chatting and and um, I said, would you mind just, we, we want to make this wall into an illustrator's and author's wall. So um, we're going to kind of encourage people to come and uh, leave their mark. We'd quite like them all to learn to interact. But you know, he just did that. <laughs> he came in, just did it with our chalk pens. He didn't yeah. have anything with him and he signed some copies. Um, which immediately flew off the shelves. We've had Fiona Barker's been in and um, signed some books, and so. Um, but th that was quite funny because when Fiona Barker came in, um, she'd signed Danny the Dream Dog and she'd put it back on the shelf for us. And then she was just wandering around. The lady came in, picked up Danny the Dream Dog and bought it. So Fiona Barker was in here, and <laughs> someone came and bought her book, which yeah. was just lovely. And she was so thrilled. And so I introduced the customer to to her and they had the lovely chat and I just thought, yes, yeah, it's about making connections yep. and things. Fantastic. So yes, with reading and writing and all of that stuff, it's about choosing to explore. We're big, we really push the, allow your child to choose. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't agree with the choice they make, allow them to choose because they'll be braver, they'll be bolder and they're more likely mm. to finish a book they've chosen. I think something like 84% of children will finish a book that they chose. Yeah, because you want it to be their enthusiasm as well, not the adult's enthusiasm kind of trying to impose it onto them. What's the, what's the long-term plan? I mean, you've only been open 10 days. I know, and the lease is 10 years. Right, okay. Um, so the long-term plan is we intend to keep doing what we're doing, basically, um, and build and grow our outreach things. We'd like to be able to offer subsidised places for people on our workshops. We'd like to be able to work more closely with schools, run bespoke events. We've been talking to a school about them coming to do an event with us where they work as a, the reception children work as a bookseller for a day. Oh yes. But I genuinely believe that reading um, is it's magic. It's, it's a route to another world. It, when I was a little girl, I would curl up and lose myself in books for hours and hours and hours, and I would write stories. And children who are um, read to or, or read are better writers because you just, in, it becomes instinctive. And, and so this is just the best. This is, this is the most amazing thing. And Dan and I were having a conversation yesterday and we said, you know, because the, the world is a bit frightening at the moment, and particularly for a, for a small business um, and a new business, and who knows. But we said, if this is our 10 days, what a 10 days has been. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Leanne for talking to us. If you've got any questions, then do send them in. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. Search for us on Facebook or go to our website at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. That's where you can sign up to our newsletter as well so that you always know what we're up to and don't miss any writing opportunities. If you want to get in touch with me and Steph, you can find me on Twitter at Tarnamus and Steph. I am at Steph X McKenna. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast because it does help other people to find it. Thanks again. Keep writing and we'll catch you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.